Welcome to Volunteer Connection, the podcast for Girl Scout troop leaders. What's beautiful about Girl Scouts is that it takes girls outside of their comfort zones and encourages them to learn and grow and change the world. But Girl Scouts doesn't just do these great things for girls. It does the same things for the adults in the movement, too. This podcast is to celebrate those amazing adults, to share lessons learned, advice, and best practices, and to tell their stories. Hey, hey, everybody. Before I get started today, I just wanted to tell you that I found out after my last episode went live, I was informed or forwarded a link from GSUSA official cookie videos where the shortbread cookie from Little Brownie Baker is pronounced trefoil, officially trefoil. Um, apparently the word itself, because like the shape doesn't just belong to Girl Scouts, it's a thing. Um, so apparently according to dictionary definitions, both trefoil and trefoil are accepted pronunciations, but the official Girl Scout word on the pronunciation issue is trefoil. <laughs> what I think is really funny about that is I worked for a council and I swear everybody there pretty much called them trefoils for the most part. But regardless, um, it's the jury's out. I've seen online um, people agreeing on trefoil and trefoil and trefoil. So there you go. There's the third one for you. But GSUSA, trefoil. Regardless, I'm back today with another episode of just me talking to you. And actually, I think I'm going to try to do like two episodes a week where I do one like this, where I'm talking about the research and the program and the model and, and what we're doing and why we're doing it. And um, then a different episode a week that's an interview with a volunteer or a historian or a staff member or a recent alum or whatever. Um, I'm going to try to do two a week <laughs> because what else do I have going on? She says during cookie season. Okay. Um, also, I just want to say I am so blown away by the response to specifically the first, what I called cookie cast episode that I did a few weeks ago. The one that was an introduction to GSLE and the model and how it was written and structured. And I've heard some really cool stories from some of you about the ways that you have incorporated that knowledge or awareness of GSLE into your programs and activities with the girls. So I just thank you so much to, to those of you who took the time to leave a review and let me know that it was helpful and interesting for you. You can also leave reviews on the Apple Podcasts app if that's where you're listening, or you can leave them right on the Facebook page. And if you're not following us on Facebook yet, find a link to the Facebook page directly from girlscoutpodcast.com. So today I want to dive a little bit deeper into GSLE. <laughs> Because, yes, there is more. And I really want to talk about it at each level and just explore the idea of the progression involved as girls get older and what they get out of the program at each grade level um, under the lens of GSLE. This is, again, all from the Girl Scout Research Institute. And I'm actually pulling this entire podcast from the Transforming Leadership document that I talked about before. So I'm going to link that again in the show notes in case you want to refer to any of this information in writing or read more in depth because we're not going to be able to cover all of it. So the Girl Scout Leadership Experience, or GSLE, is a model based on engaging girls in discovering themselves, connecting with others, and taking action to make the world a better place. And the GSLE model is based on this idea that youth development as a field, I guess, is moving away from like individual leadership to a more inclusive and empowering idea of shared leadership. So essentially like the field or the industry of like youth development and like child psychology and psychological development when they used to talk about leadership and promoting leadership and developing leadership skills, they were really focused on how do kids develop individual, an individual leadership style and how does leadership look to an individual. But now 
the field is kind of moving away from the idea that leadership is something individuals do and it's moving toward this idea of like shared leadership and partnering in order to uh, be leaders. So that's what the GSLE model is based on. And in fact, the research shows that girls act in, in particular actually value this collaborative approach to leadership way more than the idea of individual leadership. So GSLE encourages girls to embrace increased responsibility in designing and implementing activities. And that results in more opportunities for them to see how their actions and ideas directly impact the lives of others. So, okay, that's the whole girl-led piece, right? Like that's the idea of girl-led, which we talked about quite a bit in not just the original GSLE episode, but really especially in the cookie cast part two, which was all about the five skills girls learn in the cookie program. Um, and it's, it's all totally related. So to recap, um, if you want like, more in-depth, go listen to that one. But to recap, the idea is basically that girl-led doesn't just mean that girls are responsible for every detail of their Girl Scout experience. Um, we still very much need strong leadership in our troop volunteers. It Girl-led just means that girls need to be able to make decisions and then they need to be able to see and learn from the results of those decisions. They need to know that their choices have consequences, both good and bad. So it can look like all kinds of things. If you missed those other two episodes, the ones that I called Cookie Cast Parts 1 and 2 about GSLE and the five skills girls learn from the cookie program, go back and check them out when you're finished this one. You don't need to listen to them first, but they're good, so go listen. <laughs> okay, so the program is based on the actions Discover, Connect, and Take Action. And these activities are guided by the principles girl-led, cooperative learning, and learning by doing, right? I know we've kind of talked about this a lot, but if you've listened to the other ones. <laughs> but I just want to repeat it a few times because it's so many words, and especially when you're just listening, you're not, like, in a class, like, taking notes or watching a PowerPoint even or a video. Like, um, all the words can kind of wash over you. So... I just want to repeat it a lot, and then um, you're going to be able to walk away from this podcast and just know it. And I would tell you, even just from doing this podcast, the, the past two episodes and now preparing for this one has influenced how I am interacting with my girls and how I'm approaching the activities I'm doing with my girls. So if it's working for me, just the repeating and the reiteration and the diving deeper in this stuff, then I know it's going to be helpful for you guys. So... The GSLE model, uh, these activities and principles are tied directly to five anticipated outcomes. And basically that means that if we do these activities guided by these principles, like if we're doing discover, connect and take action guided by girl-led cooperative learning and learning by doing, then the girls are going to benefit from five specific outcomes that ultimately lead to our organization's overall mission, which you probably know, is building girls of courage, confidence, and character who make the world a better place. So originally when GSLE was like first conceived, it was actually written with 15 outcomes. So it was five outcomes per activity. So like five outcomes for discover, five outcomes for connect, and five outcomes for take action. But now they've revised it to really be like five main ones as a whole. And they, I mean, they still encompass the original 15. Um, so the 15 are still that are laid out in Transforming Leadership in that document that's linked in the show notes and that I'm going to be using to make this episode <laughs> um, to go through this whole thing. Um, those 15 are still relevant. They, they still are happening. They still are important, but they can be summarized in five outcomes instead of 15. So you don't have to memorize all 15. Um so to recap those five, the five outcomes are a strong sense of self, positive values, building healthy relationships, seeking challenges, and community problem solving. So a strong sense of self, positive values, building healthy relationships, seeking challenges, and community problem solving. So you might be wondering, like, why are we even 
tying in the program to outcomes? Like, what's the point of that? Why are we just getting lost in this research and not focusing on like fun stuff for the girls to do and like planning more badges of awards that girls can earn? Because as a volunteer, sometimes that actually feels more important, right? Like, especially if you were familiar with the old program before they revised all the badges like 10 years ago, then you know that there are significantly fewer badges that were released with GSLE than in the previous program. And so like to a lot of people who have been involved with the organization for a long time, that felt really wrong and backwards and strange. And to some people, GSLE feels kind of like these academics in their classrooms and behind their computer screens are just totally out of touch with real girls and real volunteers actually implementing their program. Like they can sit there and spend all this time talking about the research, but many volunteers are like, I'm the one actually implementing the program. So all I care about is more opportunities to have fun with the girls um and to teach them things so why are the outcomes important and why am i spending time on this in this podcast why do i think you should care so the research shows tying the program into outcomes actually serves three vital functions so the first reason why we care about outcomes is because it gives us a way to measure the impact of the experience. Like what impact are we actually having on girls? And the impact can be short-term or long-term. Most of the time as volunteers, we are way more concerned with like, not just short-term, but immediate impact. Like, are my girls having fun right now? Are they getting anything out of this right now? And that obviously does matter, but it's so much bigger than that too. Like. In the long term, what is Girl Scouts doing for girls? When we follow the GSLE structure and our program is based on like a model of specific principles and activities and tied into specific outcomes, then we can actually measure the impact on adults who were part of the program as kids. And it's actually proven that women who were involved in Girl Scouts growing up, even if they were involved for a short period of time, like only one or two years, are impacted by the experience in adulthood. We can measure those results. So that's the first reason. The second reason why we care about outcomes is because they allow us to determine when we need to make modifications and what those modifications should be. Like change is important, right? So girls today in many ways are the same as girls were when Juliette Lowe started the organization over a hundred years ago. But obviously the world is different than it was over a hundred years ago. So girls have different hobbies, interests, values, and skills as well. And frankly, they need different skills now than they did then too. So like taking care of babies was important then and it's important now. So babysitting badges were a thing then and they're a thing now. But like robotics and coding didn't even exist then. And girls need to be computer and technology proficient today in ways that Juliet Lowe couldn't have even imagined over 100 years ago. So. How does Girl Scouts as an organization keep up with how the world is changing and what girls need today? And a model and structure tied to specific relevant outcomes is essential for that. And that's also why they've already been revised in the past few years. I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in another episode, this specific reason why outcomes matter, um, because I want to talk about who are the girls of the US today and what is it that they need? And then we'll be able to make a direct correlation from that into um, the outcomes of GSLE, but this gives you an idea. So that's the second reason why we care about outcomes. Um, the third reason why we care is uh, about GSLE and all this stuff in the model is because outcomes give us the ability to communicate both to internal and external audiences how girls are benefiting from Girl Scouts. So this can show up lots of ways, right? Like one is for recruitment or like family buy-in, right? Why should families invest in Girl Scouting for their girls? So when we're trying to bring girls into the movement and, in, and into the experience and also when we're trying to like sign up new troops or expand our troops or just reach more girls or whatever, it's a way to show them what the benefits are of girls being involved in Girl Scouts. Um, this is especially true as we look at like underserved and underrepresented areas, like the ones that are most in need of programs like this. So I think we can all name like 
poverty and girls who are in areas or from families or from life experiences that have less opportunities to like pursue college and careers or to pursue healthy relationships with other people or to have access to a strong and supportive community and so on and so forth like these girls are the ones who are the most in need of programs like this but why and how do we know? And it's because of outcomes. So we can say that girls who have less access to a supportive community in their lives are more in need of programs like Girl Scouts because one of the outcomes is building healthy relationships, right? So we, we need that why piece. And that's what outcomes are. But it's more than just for like recruitment and expansion. It's also for things like funding too. So imagine from a Girl Scout staff perspective, how much easier it would be to like engage with donors or to solicit like grants or major gifts or whatever, if they can show research that demonstrates, here's all the great benefits of girls being part of our program. And how many more people are gonna be like, yes, take my money, I wanna contribute to this, if they can have buy-in to the program. and what it does for girls and so just being like oh there's 50 badges and it's really fun is going to be a lot less persuasive than like we teach girls to seek challenges have a strong sense of self build healthy relationships and positive values and make a difference solving problems in their communities like which are you more likely to donate to personally so those are the like three vital reasons why this matters but all right, here's another thing that I feel like is super relevant and important to talk about. And the reason I harp on girl-led girl -led so much in these kind of episodes is because it's such a hot topic on like leader forums and groups and stuff like that. We are all trying to figure out if we're doing a good job and we're also kind of holding each other to a higher standard of like, are we implementing the principle of girl-led? It's funny though, because I don't really hear people bringing up or suggesting or even accusing others of not participating enough in like cooperative learning or learning by doing, even though they are equally as important. But talking about GSLE and really understanding the outcomes also helps us as volunteers measure whether or not we are doing a good job. So we can use them as like road signs and check ourselves. Like, are the girls in my troop seeing these outcomes? Because if not, then we need to re-examine what we're doing, how we're doing it, and why we're doing it. Obviously, leadership looks different for like daisies and cadets, right? So one thing I really wanna talk about in today's podcast is how the outcomes look at each grade level. And specifically, the research gives us checkpoints or reference points, or like I said, road signs for each Girl Scout level. So a lot of this research refers to the, the older outcomes, the long list of like 15 outcomes. So I'm going to reference the original material here, but it's still true. It still makes sense. Oh, and one more thing to note first is this is a lot of information. And especially when you look at it with 15 outcomes as opposed to five, it can feel a little bit overwhelming. And like each outcome is important, but it's equally as important that we don't fall prey to just really focusing on only one of them. So it's okay if you're focused on just one at a time, or like if one of the activities you're doing is really geared only to a specific outcome and not all five at once. But just remember not to spend your whole year or several years working with girls on activities that only accomplish one of the outcomes. We really need to hit all five over time. So. Okay, yeah, just think about all of them. To make this easier, we're gonna go through some of the different examples and explanations of how these outcomes show up at each grade level, and then what the checkpoints or indicators or reference points are so you can measure whether or not your group is accomplishing it. And I think if you're doing the badge work or especially the journeys, even if you didn't already know much about GSLE and the framework and stuff, you're gonna hear this stuff and be like, oh, this makes sense, I see the connection. I get why they wrote the badges or journeys about that. So if you're brand new, then I think this will help as you work your way through the program because you'll know up front, like, this is what I'm setting out to accomplish here. Okay, so the first one we're gonna talk about is developing a strong sense of self. So that's one of the outcomes, right? It's one of the original outcomes and it's also the current in the current version of the outcomes. A strong sense of self. So what does that mean? It means girls have confidence in themselves and their abilities. They feel they are able to achieve their goals 
and they form positive gender, social, and cultural identities. I mean, that sounds pretty important to me. <laughs> okay, at the daisy level, and just to remind everyone, daisies are kindergarten and first graders. So kindergarten and first grade girls in Girl Scouts are better able to recognize their own strengths and abilities. Like what makes them them and what are they capable of and specifically what are they good at? And a sample indicator or a checkpoint is like, are your girls making positive statements about their abilities? Are they demonstrating to others what they can do? And the specific example they gave is like, I was a good friend to Luna today. So if you've done or are doing the current program, then you can see how this specifically ties into the pedals, right? So the stories are all about different strengths of character. And of course the lines in our Girl Scout law. And so even though it can feel, well, a little juvenile at some times, and then also advanced at other times for kindergartners and first graders, the point is that daisies should be able to walk away from the pedal lesson and identify that they are good at those things or that they are capable of doing those things, right? Okay, so brownies are second and third graders. And in second and third grades, brownies should be able to positively identify with their gender and cultural linguistic, racial, and ethnic groups. And this could show up as like, they can name things they like about being a girl, or they can recognize how their specific characteristics make them unique and special. Like when drawing a picture of herself, a girl might say, I'm Korean, I speak Korean and English. Brownies should also have increased confidence in their abilities, and this might show up as a girl expressing pride in her accomplishments when she's speaking with others. Makes sense? So you can see how this is like progressing a little from daisies, like they're getting a little bit older, um, not much, but a little older, and so they can take it like a little step further. Now, juniors are fourth and fifth graders, so at this level, they should be better able to recognize how situations attitudes and behaviors of others affect their sense of self. And this might show up like through comparing how various situations bring out various aspects of self. So like home self versus school self. Also, Girl Scout juniors should be gaining a clearer sense of their individual identities in relation to and apart from outside influences. So this might look like reporting increased confidence in dealing with outside pressures that like try to dictate their thoughts and behaviors. Okay, that's a mouthful, but this is talking about having confidence when faced with things like peer pressure, advertising, and cultural traditions and differences. Cadets. Cadets are sixth, seventh, and eighth graders, so they should be able to negotiate the effects of sociocultural factors, which would be like gender issues, stereotyping, and bias onto their sense of self. So what the heck does that look like? So cadets would like be able to describe how cultural influences affect their self-image, like magazines dictating the right size and shape for their bodies or the effects of racist or sexist comments. And cadets also should be able to show an increase in self-efficacy. And that might show up as girls talking about being more confident that they can achieve their personal goals. By seniors, which is ninth and 10th grades, which is a little confusing, not seniors in high school, seniors in Girl Scouts, which is ninth and 10th grade, girls should be able to recognize and address personal and social barriers to reaching their personal goals. So like they can make connections between society's issues like prejudice based on gender or race, and they can connect that to their opportunities personally to achieve their goals. And it also might look like girls talking about ways they've overcome gender, ethnic, or like economic challenges in order to achieve their goals. Just look at how far we've already come from daisies, but in like a logical and easy progression, right? So seniors should also be able to recognize the multiple demands and expectations of other people, all while establishing their own individuality. And this might show up when girls describe the challenges they're facing and when they are trying to find a balance between accepting group beliefs while also making decisions for themselves. Finally, ambassadors are 11th and 12th graders, and by the ambassador level, girls should feel better equipped to pursue their futures and their life goals. And this might look like girls expressing confidence and being self-assured that they have options and possibilities for their futures. 
They also might express that they are confident that they'll actually achieve whatever their goal is after high school. Ambassadors also should be showing an increased sense of autonomy. So like they should be showing that they are more independent and expressing that they can depend on themselves. So like I said, you can really see the difference from like kindergartners and first graders all the way up to 10th, 11th, 12th graders. But it's all really about the same thing. So no matter what level you're working with, you can see how the idea of a strong sense of self shows up at every single level and what that looks like for girls. So back to the idea of like girl led doesn't only look like one thing. There's so many ways to do it. Maybe this helps a little bit with ideas about like on what level are we talking about girl led girls who are in daisies and brownies who are figuring out how to identify what they're capable of and who they are and what makes them them are going to be leading totally differently from girls who are in like seniors and ambassadors who really understand and have a grasp of not just what challenges they're up against in the world, but also they're confident that they can depend on themselves and their talents and abilities to navigate through those challenges and still pursue like their future and their life goals. All right, let's keep going. There's so much here. I will not be able to get through all 15. So I'm gonna start with just the five outcomes that are current and then depending on how much time we have, I'll keep going. The next outcome we're gonna talk about is developing positive values. And that's all about girls forming their beliefs and values based on the foundation of the Girl Scout Promise and Law. And they learn to consider ethical aspects of situations. So they're committed to social justice and community service and taking action. So at the DAISY level, this is when girls are just beginning to understand the values that make up the Girl Scout Promise and Law, which hence the pedal program, right? So they should be able to identify whether actions are fair or unfair, honest or dishonest in various situations and scenarios. So the pedals are supposed to help with that, right? And the discussion that goes along with each little pedal story. So the girls can call it out and identify it outside of the story and in everyday aspects of their lives. Also, girls at the daisy level should recognize that their choices and their actions and their words affect other people and their environment. So they might be able to give examples of when their actions make something better for someone else. And they might be encouraged to continue to take action or make decisions that are gonna make things better for the people around them, right? So at the brownie level, girls are beginning to apply the values that are laid out in the promise and law in all kinds of different contexts. So they can explain or brainstorm about like how they can take responsibility on the playground or at home or at school. Actually, I just interviewed somebody, it hasn't aired yet, but I just interviewed somebody who shared how the brownie elf story when she was a kid influenced her to go home and play brownie elf in her own house. So she cleaned up before her parents woke up early one morning. And that's a really good example of what this outcome might look like for brownies. <clears throat> also, girls at the brownie level should be better able to examine positive and negative effects of people's actions on others and the environment. So this is interesting because daisies were focused on like recognizing that their own choices or actions or words affect others. And brownies then at the next like step up in progression are also really recognizing how other people's actions and words and decisions might impact each other and the environment. So they can explain the difference between right and wrong choices and they can provide alternative choices to actions that like harm the environment as an example. Like they might become advocates for throwing plastic bottles in the recycling bin instead of in the trash can. So that would be an example of like, brownies can come up with alternatives. Okay, so juniors should be gaining greater understanding of ethical decision-making in their own lives and like making the connection of that back to the promise and law. So they should be able to literally give examples, making connections between deciding to do what's right and what's laid out in the Girl Scout promise and law. Also, juniors should have increased commitment to engage in sustainable community service and action. And this is like super tied into the journeys and the bronze award, right? Juniors should feel that it's important to take action and make a difference in ways that are gonna have like a long-term positive impact. And then they're going to be more interested in take action projects that are related to things like fairness and social justice in their communities. Cadets, and again, this is sixth, seventh and eighth grade, they should be able to 
better examine their own values and other people's values from individual, cultural, and global perspectives. And this might look like appreciating diverse values and people having individual or cultural differences. Plus, cadets can demonstrate a higher level of commitment to addressing issues like fairness, ethics, and justice. And this is like being able to identify examples or instances that raise questions about fairness, ethics, and justice. Seniors, ninth and 10th grades, they are better able to recognize and resolve ethical dilemmas. So they might be like giving examples of making ethical decisions in their everyday lives, and then they can explain why they made those decisions. So they can show that they both consider like direct and indirect consequences of their actions. Also, they care a lot and are super committed to being socially, politically, and environmentally engaged citizens. And that looks like girls having super positive attitudes when it comes to social responsibility and citizenship. Okay, ambassadors then should be consistently acting with a well-considered and self-determined set of their own values. They might choose educational and career goals that are aligned with their personal values and what they consider to be important. They also demonstrate that they are committed to promoting sustainable solutions to problems in the world, not just regionally, but nationally and globally too. They're probably more interested in learning more about how they can go beyond just their local community and take action to make like a wider sustainable impact. Again, there's so much progression here. Daisies and brownies are just being able to identify like honesty and fairness, dishonesty and unfairness, and understand like what happens when people are dishonest or unfair. And then that progresses all the way up to seniors and ambassadors who are like concerned citizens who wanna make good decisions and pursue careers and lifestyles that support sustainable community problem solving. All right, so let's talk about another outcome. This one is all about seeking challenges. And I think this is a good one because I do think that this gets lost in Girl Scouts a lot because we tend to play it safe as adults. So we sort of inadvertently bring that into the program. And I don't mean play it safe as in like, obviously you shouldn't put yourself or girls at risk for their health or safety, but we tend to back away from challenges under this idea of being like realistic or not seeking high goals and not like putting ourselves in uncomfortable positions that push us to do new things or to grow. So let's look at seeking challenges at each. <laughs> let's look at seeking challenges at each Girl Scout level. Daisies who are successfully seeking challenges will demonstrate an increased interest in learning new skills and trying new things. So this looks like girls asking lots of questions and making lots of observations about the world around them. Brownies who seek challenges, they are more open to learning or doing new things and things that challenge them. So they enjoy trying new things like building a fire for the first time and learning to pitch a tent. And they're also more likely to report things that they thought they couldn't do, but then they tried it anyway. So brownies who seek challenges also will be able to recognize that people learn from their own mistakes. And this might show up as girls learning and accepting it's okay that they make mistakes sometimes. And they might describe times in their lives where they learned from a mistake they made. Juniors, and again, fourth and fifth graders, <laughs> juniors. When they're seeking challenges, they're better at recognizing that positive risk-taking is important for their personal growth and it's, it makes good leadership. So when they're asked to identify what attitude is important in order to accomplish a goal, they might mention taking risks or trying new things or challenging yourself. And they might give examples from their own lives of how they do or have done that. Also, juniors are better at exploring new skills and ideas. So this looks like using a variety of resources to pursue topics of interest. like. They might look things up on the internet, they might refer to popular culture to learn about something new, or they might pursue art or poetry to learn about something. Cadets, generally middle school, when they're successfully seeking challenges in Girl Scouts, they are better able to distinguish positive and negative risks. So when they're faced with scenarios that involve taking risks, they can identify and distinguish which is positive and which is negative. Like, for example, riding in a car when the driver's been drinking, as opposed to calling home for a ride, even though their parents might be angry. Both of those are risks, but one is a good risk and one is a bad one. Also, cadets can recognize the importance of challenging themselves in order to grow. So they might be able to discuss how setting challenging goals helps them do better in school, for example. 
And I just want to pause here real quick and say a lot of these checkpoints or reference points or indicators or whatever involve girls like reporting how these principles show up in their lives. And I think this is important because especially if you follow the VTK or the books exactly as they're written, then you probably sometimes feel like it's super discussion heavy. Sometimes this makes it feel like school and in general, it can just be less fun. Um, Sometimes the girls are really enthusiastic about a topic and then you get a really good discussion going, but other times you have to like drag them through it. And especially in the VTK, like following scripts laid out for you, like now say this and then let the girls respond. So you can't be with them all the time and you can't crawl inside their heads. So the discussion is built in so much of the program and the badge work so that you as the volunteer or the adult that's supporting them can get an idea of like, are they even getting to the specific GSLE outcome? Like, are they su successfully seeking challenges and taking risks? Do they really understand healthy, positive risk taking? Do they get why it's important for in order for them to grow? If they can draw connections to their own life or give examples of it in their own lives or in society or popular culture, then I'll, as the volunteer, be able to tell how it's going. And a lot of times in the VTK, they lay out activities like discuss, then do some activities and exercises, then discuss again. And this would like theoretically show you the difference and how girls might have grown their little minds or expanded over the course of your planned program. <laughs> but even if you're not following the VTK and you're not necessarily doing as many discussions and like verbally checking in about this stuff, then you still might hear girls talk about it or verbally make those connections or make suggestions or brainstorm ideas that demonstrate that they are achieving the same thing. But if you're not really doing discussions about this kind of stuff, then you should be starting to see how you can incorporate discussions into activities that you're doing and why those discussions can really be critical in driving home the point and in having a positive outcome for the girls. You don't necessarily need to do it exactly how it's laid out in the VTK or whatever. <laughs> like, you know, you can adapt it to your own personality and your group's personality. But in general, don't be averse to discussion. All right, all right, let's get back to it. So we left off at cadets, I think, right? So seniors, and again, this is ninth and 10th grades. They're able to demonstrate increased enthusiasm and excitement for learning new skills and ideas, and also for expanding their existing ideas and further developing or growing existing skills. So they're probably more likely to offer their own ideas for how to explore a new topic um, or how to make an existing one more challenging. Also, senior Girl Scouts who are successfully seeking challenges, they show increased courage to challenge their own beliefs or to challenge other people's beliefs or opinions. So they can engage in discussion with other people who have different political views or ideologies, and they can express their preferences even when they're different from the majority opinion. And ambassadors for seeking challenges, they can increasingly set challenging goals for their future, and they can see themselves in roles and positions that they maybe used to think were unattainable, or maybe society makes those roles or positions out to be unattainable, but ambassadors can see themselves in those like previously unattainable roles or positions. Also, ambassadors are more confident when discussing and addressing issues or like contradictions in their lives and in their communities. They look for ways their personal habits conflict with actually achieving goals that are important to them. So like, let's say global warming was really important to an ambassador girl, then she might notice the ways that her lifestyle doesn't support trying to put an end to global warming or trying to reduce the impacts of global warming. Also, she might learn more about controversial issues from people who have actually experienced injustice or from like a victim advocate. Okay, fourth outcome, develop healthy relationships. This is when girls are learning to form and maintain meaningful and caring relationships and they can communicate effectively and protect their rights in relationships and they know when to seek help from the outside. <laughs> So at the DAISY level, girls who are developing healthy relationships are better able to demonstrate helpful and caring behavior. And this might look like girls spontaneously offering to help someone in need, um, like maybe holding a door open for somebody who's carrying a package. Also at the DAISY level, kindergartners and first graders, DAISY level, 
they are developing healthy relationships so they're better able to identify and communicate their feelings to others. This might look like girls expressing their feelings verbally instead of non-verbally. So they might say things like, I feel lonely when the others don't include me, rather than like crying or withdrawing or lashing out. Okay, for brownies, second and third graders, they are beginning to understand how their behavior contributes to maintaining healthy relationships. So they can identify healthy and unhealthy behaviors like honesty, caring, and also unhealthy behaviors like bullying. They are also, they're better able to show empathy. So they might like make empathetic statements such as, I helped Kim with that because she was getting frustrated. Juniors are strengthening communication skills for maintaining healthy relationships. And that looks like maybe being able to identify communication strategies that are helpful and productive. Um, so for example, like they're able to identify that it's helpful to listen to each other's ideas and to encourage each other instead of criticizing them. They're also more confident in addressing when other people treat each other badly. So they can identify bullies and they can identify aggression and they can name people who they can turn to and rely on for help when they're facing difficulties in their personal relationships. Cadets have more positive, trusting relationships with others. It's, and that's going to show up for them mentioning that there's at least one girl or adult that they can talk to about anything. They're also able to use positive communication and relationship building skills. So again, for example, they can actually give examples of behavior that would promote mutual respect, mutual trust, mutual understanding. Um, they have a grasp on that kind of thing. Also, cadets feel more comfortable with the new feelings that come along with adolescence and the ways to express feelings in relationships. And that includes sexual feelings. So cadets, and this is, again, we're talking middle school, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. They can talk about making healthy decisions and they can encourage self-respect for themselves and for others when they're presented with different scenarios in their relationships. So just to be clear, because I don't want to freak anyone out, this doesn't mean that cadet girls are talking about sexual feelings during Girl Scout meetings. It means that all kinds of feelings are going to come along with getting older, right? And so girls at this age are feeling all kinds of different things, and they're experiencing different pressures and dynamics in relationships. So girls in Girl Scouts who are doing activities that encourage them to develop healthy relationships, they're going to be more likely to make good, healthy decisions in their relationships, and they're more confident in navigating those tricky topics and challenges that just come with getting older. So senior Girl Scouts are better able to recognize and address challenges to forming and maintaining healthy relationships. So they recognize that people hold different beliefs about relationships based on gender or culture or whatever, and they can identify behaviors that hinder the development of positive relationships. So like backstabbing and gossip. Also, senior Girl Scouts, ninth and 10th graders have increased knowledge of what goes into healthy dating. They might tell you that it's important to be able to communicate your needs and they can recognize what behaviors are unhealthy when they're presented with different dating situations or scenarios. Ambassador Girl Scouts strengthen strategies for maintaining healthy relationships. So they can give examples of using assertive behaviors and they might explain when and why those behaviors do or don't work. And they're better able to protect their own rights in relationships. So they might actively seek information on healthy dating behaviors, like how to avoid risky sexual activity and where to get help if you find yourself in like an abusive relationship. And they also might talk about knowing who they might be able to contact when they're faced with unhealthy situations, like specific hotlines or school counselors or like other adults they can trust. And again, that may or may not mean that some of these more sticky topics are actually addressed at a Girl Scout meeting, depending on your group and your parent approval and everything like that. But they have the skills to navigate these aspects of relationships because of the activities and discussions that you are doing at Girl Scout meetings and events. 
So in the current version of GSLE, the fifth outcome is about community problem solving. Now, the research in front of me is based on old outcomes, so they don't have an exact match for this one. But similar ones are like girls can identify community needs and also girls feel empowered to make a difference in the world. So I think actually feeling empowered to make a difference in the world is the closest. So let's look at that one. So in this one, girls feel empowered to use their leadership skills to affect change in their lives and in their world, and they feel their contributions are valued in the larger community. So at the DAISY level, girls feel their actions and words are important. And this looks like girls being able to give examples of things they do to make them feel like they're an important part of a group. Like maybe they helped choose an activity or lead a game or they helped make up a rule and they feel important and like, a sense of belonging because of that. For brownies, they increasingly feel they have important roles and responsibilities. So like they can describe ways their actions contribute to make something better, like for their families or their neighborhood, or their school or their environment and so on. Also at the brownie level, they're more determined to create changes for themselves and for others. So they might give examples of when they succeeded making positive changes for themselves or when they succeeded making positive changes for others. Junior Girl Scouts are more confident in their power to affect positive change. And that might show up as girls like describing various expressions of power around them, like their power over others, the power to do something and so on. Also, Junior Girl Scouts feel like they have greater opportunities to get involved in decision making in their communities. So they can give examples of times they participated in making decisions for their Girl Scout troop or for their Girl Scout Council or their church or school or whatever. By cadets, they feel more valued by others for their ability to apply leadership skills toward positive change. So they feel that their opinions, ideas, and contributions are taken seriously. They're proud of their Take Action projects and that their projects improved like some aspect of their community. Like maybe they contribute to cleaner air or safer streets or better opportunities for young people or whatever. Also, Girl Scouts are more confident in participating in decision making. So they're interested in providing and receiving input from community members on community issues. Senior Girl Scouts are better able to address when someone or something challenges their sense of empowerment. So they can identify internal and external barriers to feeling empowered to create change. Things like not being taken seriously because they're quote unquote just kids. Also, they feel they have a greater access to community resources and more equal relationships with adults. So they feel invited and supported by the adults in their community and um, to participate in community affairs. Ambassadors feel capable of using their skills to better the function or governance of their communities, not just locally, but also globally. By 11th and 12th grade, Girl Scouts who are participating in activities that lead to this outcome they can create action plans that could actually be implemented, like creating an initiative to get more young people involved in setting town priorities. And they feel their projects and ideas are valued and respected by their community stakeholders. So again, not just locally, but even globally. So they can give examples of positive reports or like news coverage about their take action projects. Also, similar to the objective of community problem solving is girls are resourceful problem solvers. So this was one of the original objectives, but it's kind of similar to community problem solving. So resourceful problem solving means that girls can use their knowledge and skills to set up and implement creative and effective action plans. I actually really like this one. <clears throat> so girls can locate tools and resources they need. They know when, where, and how to enlist for help from others. So at the DAISY level, this means girls are learning the basics of planning a project. So with adult guidance, they might be able to make a list of resources they need to complete a project. A specific example, DAISYs can make a list of materials that they're going to need in order to create get well cards for like a children's hospital. At the Brownie level, girls are better able to develop basic plans to reach a goal or solve a problem. They can uh, lay out two or three steps and the resources they need, like the people, materials, and information needed to reach a goal or solve a problem. So again, a specific example. What are some things they need to do to get ready for camp? And also what people can help them? 
Um, also, brownies are better able to create alternative solutions to problems so they can reflect on real life problems or scenarios and state alternative solutions, such as like, next time I'm going to do this instead. Junior Girl Scouts are better able to create action plans for their projects so they can actually outline steps, identify resources, and estimate timelines and assign responsibilities for their projects. And they can do all of that with minimal adult guidance. And again, this is gonna sound a lot like what's expected for the Bronze Award. Juniors also feel more confident creating action plans to accomplish their goals. And they're more able to locate and use resources in order to accomplish those goals. So they feel confident contacting community partners who will help them achieve those plans. A specific example, they're they're confident in reaching out to like school officials who could display their flyers on bulletin boards. I mean, honestly, that is pretty impressive. And that's only fourth and fifth grade. So cadets are able to create and implement detailed action plans for their projects. They demonstrate independence when thinking through the steps and components that are required for those action plans, which would include things like locations, resources, timelines, responsibilities, and so on. They are also more able to keep themselves on track, like without adult help, and they know when to request help from adults, when and if they need it, as opposed to adults like guiding them. So again, when we talk about girl-led, people often throw this term around as if girls are supposed to be capable of doing this no matter what level of Girl Scouts they're in, but the reality is you have to build up to that. And like, it's not really until cadets that they're able to mostly do this stuff on their own. And for them to be able to identify themselves on their own when they need you for guidance and leadership. So until then, you're working up to it. And this kind of like lays out those steps. Okay, senior Girl Scouts are better able to effectively plan and carry out action projects with minimal adult guidance. They create detailed action plans. They organize and coordinate with others. They manage their time and they anticipate possible problems and they resource their needs on their own. Also, seniors are, again, senior Girl Scouts, ninth and 10th, are able to assess their own progress and adjust their strategies as necessary. So they identify alternative ways to accomplish goals if they're not successful the first time, and they can identify things they could do better or differently the next time around. Then all the way at ambassadors, they're able to independently plan, organize, and manage take action projects. So they have more knowledge and skill in various aspects of project planning and management and implementation. They can monitor their own progress. They can even determine their own criteria for whether or not they're successful. They can actively seek partnerships to achieve greater community participation and a greater impact for their projects. And they can explain to you how partnerships with other people actually maximize the impact of their take action project. And seriously, all of those of you listening, think about that. You can easily see how this progression happens all the way from daisies starting out with like make a list of materials needed for a super basic project to brownies like developing their own two-step action plans and coming up with resources and people who might help all the way to seniors and ambassadors who are literally doing project management like they're managing their own timelines, they're measuring their own success, they're thinking through and discussing how they can improve or how they can do things differently and how to keep evolving and growing. And they understand the importance of partnerships and teamwork to achieve more and to have a greater impact. This is just amazing. I mean, I have had coworkers who can't accomplish that level of project management effectively. So this is the last one I'm gonna go through level by level today because I've been talking at you long enough, but it also feels like it's an important part of community problem solving. So uh, seriously, this is not even half of these of this material, of this research. So check out the link in the show notes to read more. And if you like this episode and you're getting a lot out of it and you want me to do a part two to go through the remaining ones, just let me know. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts or on the Facebook page and I'll put another one together. Okay. So the last one we're going to do today, this one is, again, one of the original outcomes, but it's like kind of similar to community problem solving, which is the current version. So this one is girls advocate for themselves and for others locally and globally. So girls develop the ability to speak out on their own behalf and they seek opportunities to act and speak on behalf of others. At the DAISY level, this is when girls are discovering that they can act on behalf of others. So they're able to recognize situations when they can make something better for someone else, either through their words or their actions. 
brownies are gaining a better understanding of their rights and the rights other people have. So they can name the rights people have at school. They can name the rights they have in their families or in any other community. Um, for example, they understand and can identify that they have the right to be safe, to be treated fairly, to be heard, and so on. Also, brownies are learning and beginning to actually apply basic advocacy skills. So this means girls can identify what advocacy even means, and they can give examples of advocates in their communities. They can use both words and action to show concern and intervene when another person is not being treated well. Like, for example, they stand up for someone who's being teased. Junior Girl Scouts are strengthening their abilities to effectively speak out or act for themselves or for others. They can identify concrete steps they can take to affect desired change, like who to contact about creating safer streets, for example, for bicycling in their neighborhoods or something. Again, you see the parallels to the Bronze Award here. Cadets are recognizing how important advocacy is in order to accomplish real positive change. They can give you examples of how youth can influence and participate in making decisions. So for example, they could personally influence the library to remain open longer or start a teen hotline or form an anti-discrimination group. They're also gaining greater ability to use specific advocacy skills to address issues that are interesting to them. So they can report using various strategies to speak up for themselves. And this might look like writing letters or creating petitions or making public announcements. By Senior Girl Scouts, they have a greater understanding for how decisions and policies actually affect their lives and the lives of other people. They have more knowledge about how public decisions in like their school, their community, and even in their local government impact people's private lives. Like how decisions about education impact people. They're also using advocacy skills and knowledge to be more active on behalf of a cause, issue, or person, and that could be locally or globally. So that means they can give examples of advocating for an issue in their school or their neighborhood. They might advocate for healthier cafeteria food or increased awareness of eating disorders or reproductive health or the effects of poverty. And ambassadors, they're recognizing that they have the rights and abilities to participate in developing public policy, and they can directly impact their own lives and the lives of others. They are going to be more confident and enthusiastic about participating in projects or initiatives that promote positive social change, and they're able to consider the community or global impact of their own advocacy. So they understand how their personal effort helps the community or the broader society and they actively seek partnerships with other organizations that provide support and resources for their efforts. So like they're actively working with organizations that share their goals so they can pull their resources. Okay, this one was a lot of fun um, for me, but I know it was kind of a lot. Seriously, you guys, this is one of, honestly, one of the most fun episodes I've put together so far for me. Um, I do love the interviews, and I always have fun doing that too, and I feel so energized after I hang up from those calls, and I am so happy to help share other people's stories, but I think, okay, while I think that's so important and so helpful, I think this is important too, and hopefully it's also helpful for you. I think it's, like I said, I think it's helpful for me, even just reviewing it this in-depth to share it with you, it really makes me rethink what I'm doing and how I'm doing it. Okay, I want to close out with a short story. So as you guys know by now, I used to work for my local Girl Scout Council. And in fact, originally I worked in the Girl Scout shop for our council. So I was basically responsible for like selling the program to parents and volunteers who came into shop. And so I was totally drinking the Kool-Aid. My council is like really research oriented. And the CEO is like, super academic and really just advocates for this kind of stuff. So I was super immersed in it when I worked there. But then after I left and I took some time off and then I became a volunteer, the reason I came back is I was just totally drinking the Kool-Aid, right? Like green blooded, they say. So I love this program and this movement and the history and the present and the model and the structure so much. And I just think this is exactly what today's girls need more than anything right now, just all of this. So that's why I came back to volunteer. Then when you're actually doing it and you're in the weeds and you're managing your troop funds and you're trying to find a place to meet and you're handling all the communications and you're trying to make sure the meeting plans are fun and the parents are on board and supportive and 
it's just so much to juggle. And then on top of all of that, you're trying to manage behavior. And as the girls get to know you better and they get more comfortable and confident, shoot, they become way more difficult to wrangle. So this year has been tough for me and my co-leader for behavior management. I'm not going to lie. We went from three primary troop leaders to two for most of this year. And man, did we ever miss having that extra adult around. There was one particular meeting night where I was just like, totally struggling. You know what I mean? So the girls were out of control. They weren't listening or focused. They were chatty. They were disruptive. All they wanted to do was laugh and talk and giggle and do cartwheels. (laughs) So here we had put all this effort into this whole plan. And it's not like we came up with it. We were doing what the girls had said they wanted to do, you know, and somehow it was just total chaos. And afterwards we were standing in the parking lot after all the girls had you know, gotten picked up and me and my co-leader were just like completely commiserating about how hard it was and how exhausted and drained we were. So I come home and actually I've moved across town since I first started my troops. I actually have like a 30 to 45 minute drive home. And I said to my significant other, I was like, okay, today was rough. We didn't even get 75% done of what we were planning to do tonight. The girls were crazy. They were way more interested in chatting and giggling and doing cartwheels, and I am just wiped out. Like, this is not why I'm doing this. I'm not putting in all this time and effort and money and energy so that these girls can have a freaking social hour. That's just not the point of Girl Scouts. And I know we aren't always going to get everything done, but I don't even know if they got anything out of tonight's meeting. Like, I don't even know if we had any kind of impact. It was crazy. And... I think I really need to start thinking about whether or not I want to do this next year. Like, do I really want to come back? I don't even have a kid in the troop. This is literally just more or less for fun. So if it's not fun and the girls aren't getting anything out of it, like we're not even accomplishing the tasks and activities, then what am I even doing? And he just looks at me and he's like, (laughs) I know you're tired. I know you haven't been feeling well. You're run down. You're wiped out. I know work's been stressing you out a lot, and I know how much you invest into Girl Scouts. Then he says, but I know you, and I know you're not going to quit. Of course you're going to go back next year. Of course you're going to keep going. And, you know, I kind of pushed back on him a little bit because I was tired, and I was crabby, and I was like, don't undermine what I'm saying. You can't speak to my experience or what I want or what I need better than I can, you know? Like, I'm serious, and I'm not saying that it's definitely done, but I'm just saying I need to think, and I would never, ever quit in the middle of the year, so, you know, I would finish out this year for sure, and that just gives me time to think about it, but I'm just saying I'm thinking about it, and he says to me, nah, you'll go back. (laughs) He says, I know you, and you aren't doing this so the girls can earn badges or something. You do this because you know how important it is to give girls a safe space to be girls. He said, how do girls act when they're intimidated and overwhelmed and uncomfortable? They're quiet, they sit still, they're polite, they're mild and shy. But how do girls act when they feel safe and confident and happy? They talk a lot, they laugh a lot, they feel so free and empowered that they literally feel compelled to do cartwheels across the room. I'm not gonna lie, he just completely shut me down. I couldn't stop thinking about it for weeks. At the time, I shared this this story on social media because I was like, I really, really needed this, so maybe one of you needs to hear it just as much as I did. And literally like 900 people liked and commented on it. It just resonates with those of us who are doing this. And the reason why is because it is so dang true. Like the reason I'm talking to you so much about GSLE and the model and everything is because It is so easy to just be in that frustrated, exhausted, drained space. Focus on the activities and the badges and the parents and the cookie booths and organizing carpools and making sure you have all the right forms and permission slips and your annual troop financials. And, okay, there's a couple other podcasts out there. There's not a lot, but there's a few. And more and more Girl Scout podcasts are coming out all the time. And you have the forums and the Facebook groups and stuff. And they talk so much about like, oh, where do you self-schedule booths? Show me examples of your booth signs. How do you handle a demanding parent? Where do you meet? Does it cost money? How often are your meetings? How long are your meetings? Do you charge dues? And if so, how much? And how often do people pay? And all these other things. 
And there are other podcasts out there that are like, here are strategies on how to vote as a group. And here are examples of how to celebrate Juliet Lowe's birthday. And like, that all helps. And all of that is important, especially when you're first starting out. But it is so freaking easy to just drown in all those details and those logistics and forget why you're even doing this in the first place. Or honestly, forget what you're even doing in the first place. The world does not give girls and women many safe spaces, you know? The world will stamp out our creativity and our independence. The world will rob us of our autonomy and our self-esteem. The world will try to beat us down and compare us to each other and make us compete with each other and hate each other. The world will teach us to be quiet, to sit down and shut up, to behave and to accept things the way they are, and so on and so forth. Girl Scouts is the only place that for over 100 years has been a safe space for girls and women to figure out who they are, who they want to be, and what their place is in this world. Sometimes we're silly, and sometimes it's chaotic, and sometimes it's unfocused, but at the end of the day, the only reason we get to have that silliness and chaos and lack of focus is because we are safe with each other. And that is why Girl Scouts is just so important to me. That is why it means so much to me. It is not about how many badges or awards there are, or whether or not we're camping enough, or doing the traditional activities enough, or if people are wearing the right uniforms. It's not about freaking cookies or camp or crafts. Like that stuff is just a vehicle to accomplish the outcomes because the outcomes are what makes Girl Scouts great. And like I said, this is just, is there even anything more important in today's current climate for girls and women? All right, all right. That's all for now. See you next week. That's all for today's episode. We want to tell your story too. If you or someone you know is interested in being on the podcast, check us out at www.girlscoutpodcast.com. We want to hear from you. This podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by GSUSA. It is completely run by volunteers and girls. Follow us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or at www.girlscoutpodcast.com.